Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the only Star Wars podcast that's live from my sister's basement. It's Tap Calf Transmissions. I am one of your hosts, Corey, joined as always by Justin, Mr. Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing tonight? Doing quite well. It's good that you moved out of your mother's basement into your sister's basement. That's that's rude. You you know why that's rude. Yeah, that is true. Corey's mom's dead. She's not for using new listeners. It. <laughs> yeah. So how are you doing, Corey? Yeah, you're you're visiting your sister. Um, how was the journey? Yeah, I you took a I'm, train. I, I'm, I'm guessing. I took a train. Well, I know you took did. another train, and then uh, got a, a nice ride from Burlington to St. Catharines. But I'm down for my my not dead father's sixtieth birthday. So big, exciting times here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our topic for the night is The Mandalorian Season 3, I Episode didn't ask 7, me how I'm doing. I don't care how you're doing. Fair enough. I'm tired of pretending I do. Okay, continue. I, no, that's also not true. I said, how are you doing tonight, Justin? Oh, did you? Shit. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's look, usually how I open it. Tough look for me. Yeah, okay. You're right. Now you're trying to gaslight me into that. Okay, we're talking about the episode, then I'm done with you. Okay. All right, well, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was any good. other Star Wars news to talk about? I think uh, we're yeah, past the Star we Wars start, news for a is while. There, is there any other Star Wars news? Um, With Celebration just last week, I feel like it's going to be... Yeah, I'm just... Let me just check... No big announcements. Let me check my uh, my highly curated news sources. Um, yeah, no. R slash Star Wars leaks. It, it, it is. It our, I actually did just pop open R slash Star Wars leaks. and So predictable. Yeah, not much. And that's, that's kind of funny because during Star Wars Celebration, especially where... Um, you know, the announcements are happening at like, what, like nine Eastern time, eight Eastern time. Yeah. Like I would check them and it would be like a million new things. It'd be like, oh, we got a new, we got three new movies. We got a new video game, like new Star Wars back scratcher, like all, um, all there. But, uh, but yeah, not, not so much recently. It's been kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, no video games at all. That's, mm-hmm. uh. Well, there there is Fallen or Jedi Survivor coming in like a week and a half, or I think it's two weeks in one day exactly. It's the twenty eighth, right, so, right? Yeah. So fifteen days, yeah. My math works out. So yeah, it's never been your strong suit. No. Uh, so yeah, that's that's really exciting. I'm I'm really curious how long that game is going to be because, like, I, the last one was pretty long. This one seems like, based on what we played, that it's going to be. A decent amount larger although i'm sure it'll be the kind of thing where if you just want to do the main quest you can probably skip a lot of that extra stuff but yeah yeah like it's it's not true open world but it's sort of open world it seems like there's the big question is how many planets are there going to be uh because i don't know if we're well we're we're allowed to say uh when we played it mm-hmm. was kobo and it was like a three-hour session. Okay, yeah, because there was something we weren't. Yeah, yeah, okay. People know that we don't know any planets that don't exist. We just know a little about the order. Um, so, yeah, Kobo was like the main planet we existed. We spent like it was four hours of play, right? Two thirty to six thirty, and I think by the time I was done, I was about fifteen percent done the planet. Like, yeah. So, and that is, I think Kobo's going to be a little more detailed than some of the other ones, um, but not so much, like, like, I don't think it's going to be the only planet with exploration, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Hey, Murph. Yeah, so the, the big question with that is just going to be, 
how many planets and how are they all content wise compared to Kobo? Mm -hmm. But it does seem like it's a bigger game overall. Mm -hmm. Definitely file size wise, we know it's gigantic. Mm. But it's like over 150 gigs, isn't it? Yeah, it's like 156. It's a whole Steam Deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to find some stuff to delete when I get home. This is actually a good question that I, I do want to take from chat before we move on to Mando. Is Survivor like buy a new generation console kind of good? And I've always said like you can't base the quality of a game off a three-hour showcase that they let us play because that can be complete. That could be the best four hours of the game. If that's the best four hours of the game, no. Don't buy, you know, a new console for that, in my opinion. If that's a representative four hours of the game, if that's, you know, there's going to be really exciting parts that are high on high, like, yeah, maybe it is. But wait until the game comes out. Don't look at reviews. Ever since IGN gave Halo 4 a 10 out of 10, I don't trust any reviewers. Watch streamers. I'll be streaming the game. Corey will be streaming the game. Find someone who generally agrees and watch them with your perspective on games and watch them play for a bit. I mean, I think the, the best thing we can say at this point is if you enjoyed Fallen Order, <laughs> like if Fallen Order is the kind of game that you'd buy a new console for, I think it's probably safe to say it's at yes. least Fallen Order level. Mm -hmm. So if you would buy a console for Fallen Order, you're probably safe doing it for Survivor. The only thing that, that I'm concerned about um, in that respect is technical problems. Um, yep. The version we played was months old. I was getting stuttering, uh, and that is something I didn't mention in the video, but I wish I had. I was getting a little bit of frame stuttering. We were playing on monstrous PCs, I'm sure. So, like, my stuttering was going down from, like, 60 FPS to, like, 30. Um, enough that I could kind of feel it. Didn't really distract from the experience. But uh, the game's been pushed back a little bit. So, you know, that's... The th that's my that's to be honest that's really only my concern that's my only concern because i know that i'll probably enjoy it is the uh is that aspect and i think part of that is also because the shaders weren't fully compiled at that point it was just mm -hmm. all open so because yes, you would notice uh, when it was like a vista would always slow you down a yeah. little bit yeah so it's at least not something where they're going to be scratching their heads as to why it was lagging so there's some it's at least some of that performance or some of those performance issues are things that are known, explainable, and easily fixed. Uh, but it's impossible for us to say that that's entirely that. So, yeah, do be aware that uh, you might have some system requirement bulk to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, undoubtedly. All right, so let's talk, unless there's anything else, let's talk about Mando episode. Uh, do you want to give your basic thoughts Then we'll kind of do? There was a lot scene by scene to break down in this episode. Like, usually when I do my video reviews... I like to focus on one big aspect, break that down in depth, and then do, you know, just a general review. But this time I felt like I needed to do scene by scene just because there were so many discrete parts that deserved to talk. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it might be my favorite episode this season just for how much there was going on. It was great for the the Mando action, uh, which is nice. And I think the the scenes with Mecha Grogu, we got a lot of the like Din and Grogu connection that's kind of been missing from this season, yeah. even though they just kind of overwritten everything at, from the end of season two to get that connection back. Uh, but... I, I, I was worried it wasn't going that, to be funny. I was worried that it. Yeah. I was worried that was going to be awful, like because that was yeah. one of the things we talked about this during the live stream that leaked very early that there was going to mm -hmm. be a Mecha Grogu thing. It sounded so bad, but it was hilarious. I was like, 
if my son was stronger than me or were stronger than me, <laughs> like this is what he would do. He would take shit because I was at I was at e, well not EB Games. I was at GameStop today, and like the only reason that he didn't take every Pokemon card pack and and Mario that he wanted was because I have more reach than him and I can prevent him from doing so. Uh, and he listens pretty well too. But if he were stronger than me, there's no like it would have been a bloodbath. Yeah, that was a total grandpa grief move to give your grandson the super mecha suit so you can just run around and do whatever you want. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I I do think there, or my impression after watching the first time at least was that there there was still a fair bit of the this happened, then this happened, yep. then this happened without getting yep. too many like reactions to how the the mandalorians actually felt about anything and i i think some of that is just set up and i think there was enough from bokatan especially on rewatching it that i i kind of softened on that a bit where bokatan is still clearly concerned about how well they're going to be able to hold things together mm-hmm. when paz vizsla was ready to fight axe wolves over having a disagreement about i chess enjoyed rules. that yeah i enjoyed that yeah so i i think uh, what my kind of worry with it has been is that they're going to liberate Mandalore and then not only will that like bring them together and convince them they have to work out their issues, but that will be that will be considered them having worked out all their issues and now they're all just fine forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bo-Katan did lie to them all saying that no one can beat Mandalorians. Like the only reason they many, lose is because many they beat folk themselves. Have but beat Mandalorians. Yeah, they, they lose every war to everyone else. And it's not because of infighting. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, so I, I I totally agree with what you're saying about, you know, this happened, then this happened, and it's like, all right. Like, it, it's a writing issue, I think. Like, the, the, the general story beats I found really entertaining. I liked most of them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, and the best example of this, and my stream died right before we got to this part. I heard you getting to it. I was like listening on my phone and I heard you say giant monster. I was like, oh my god, not a fucking another one. Uh, and yeah, there was another giant monster and it's just like it just feels like something that, that happens, you know? Like that monster wasn't needed for the story. They were going into the mines already. Um, if they yeah. were worried about getting rid of that little Mandalorian skiff, a TIE bomber could have blown it up. Like It just felt like, okay, they need to spend five minutes of the episode. And it, it was it's sort of an issue that I had a bit but not as much with the action where like it wasn't quite as good as like when i think of really good mandalorian action scenes i always go back to um the heiress in season two on the gazanti where that felt uh, really well choreographed and stuff this ended up being a lot of running through hallways shooting these uh beskar clad super commandos whatever they are sometimes they die sometimes they don't um but yeah so that those were my kind of smaller issues but there was enough good there that I, I really enjoyed the episode too. I'm not sure. I, I like the Pirate King episode quite a bit. That might be my favorite um, in hindsight. But yeah, it was it was really good. So that's kind of my, my general thoughts. But I'd like to go through some things scene by scene too. Yeah, and I guess uh, scene by scene, we got we to gotta get to the, the big thing from the start that both of us were really excited by. Mm-hmm. Recognize that mustache anywhere. We have our first live action appearance of... Uh, Mr. Gilly P, as his friends call him, simping for Thrawn as any Gilly P should. Yeah, yeah. My buddy is like, he 
he was one of my only friends who read Star Wars books back in the day. He's a bit back on Mandalorian. I was like, Pelion was just in the Mandalorian. <laughs> and they're fighting dark troopers, and it's unreal. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that was... And, and I told him with Ewing, too. Yeah, Pelion looked great. I'm so glad that they uh, that they included him. I am a bit confused about, like, how everything is going to work together. Like, okay... We know that um, Hux is out with the Proto First Order. You haven't read yep. Aftermath, right? But I mean, you probably know kind of the basics. I know, yeah. So going back to our conversation last week, last time, I, I know what happens in it. Right. So for those who don't, um, basically Aftermath sees uh, what's his name? Um, oh, Gallius Rex. Gallius Rex. I always forget his name. Gallius Rex basically sets up Jakku and also attempts to destroy a bunch of the Imperial forces. Like, he tries to go, like, um, like scorched earth on the Empire, kind of for, you know, punishment for letting Palpatine die. Basically what I, what I remember. And that is end up... Uh, Ray Sloan ends up preventing that. And what ends up happening is she leaves with a bunch of the loyalist chosen Imperial forces to go and leave the galaxy and um and yeah like they're gone and not, not everyone's well, taken like or not leave the galaxy sorry well, Gallius rex tells her that there's already people in the unknown yes. regions including senior hux is the one we see in this scene yes uh so hux is already out there with some of the younger ones it's like there's already the sprinklings of a first order. Well, I believe before it, Rax sends her out. So at first, I believe they're in the one of the nebulas, and then they meet up because there's like a thousand imperial ships that have just been hiding. Because she's like, "Where the fuck?" Because she goes through like the uh, the record of uh, like the, remember in the uh, the dark black fleet crisis when they find the yeah. she basically does that and she's like, "Where the fuck are all these ships? Like, where's the super? Like, how do we lose a super star destroyer?" Um, and then I think at the end they leave, but she's with Hawks, uh, and she's like yeah. she's a Grand Admiral, so she's the ranking commander. Um, but it's it's a bit weird because I get the feeling that Pelion is not one of those Imperials. He no. seems in and and uh, he still seems to be in the galaxy. So it's kind yeah. of weird because initially it seemed like the Imperials who were leaving almost wanted whoever was left the the Imperials left in the galaxy to like fight and fall apart. But now they're kind of more directly helping them, even sending them resources. Well, um, I think it's, I think it's a situation where the first order people are kind of hiding their actual power, and I think that's why it's Hux instead of Sloan that's there. So I don't know if anyone else knows how much is going on in the unknown regions or in the first order or future first order because mm -hmm. I don't think they're the first order yet. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of like the Empire of the Hand almost, but in reverse. Yeah, where yeah, it's kind of like that. They know they've got a little bit out there. They don't know how big it actually is. And, except the difference is in this situation, the Empire of the Hand is sending a few resources back. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing... Because, again, a lot of this lore was only really established in Aftermath, which was one of the... I believe it was the first canon trilogy. It was one of the first canon mm -hmm. novels. There were a couple of individual ones, like Tarkin came out before that, I believe. But um, I think what will happen is that... Thrawn coming back will be the thing that kind of changed the 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 math there where they're like okay if yeah. Thrawn's coming back then maybe we've got a shot just winning straight up 
And like, plus they're seeing like all the shit the New Republic's doing. They're like, okay, maybe we don't need to wait thirty yeah. years like out in the fucking blackness of space. Maybe we can just body them now. Well, it also seems like they're expecting when Thrawn comes back, that'll come with like some other amount of military force. Either I'm not sure if they mean that they think Thrawn's going to bring a bring a fleet with him, or if mm -hmm. that'll draw some other people to their side. Mm. But like, I I think it's kind of being set up as like this is the the known galaxy remnant stuff happens then the First Order stuff is... Yeah. like They have a lot of connections, obviously, but that's later. Yeah. And I think it's it's easy to lose sight of the fact that the time difference between the Mandoverse here and the uh, sequel trilogy is about equal to the length of the entire Empire's lifespan between the Clone Wars, the end of the Clone Wars, and Episode mm -hmm. Six. So there's a lot that can change in that time. Yeah, you're right. Uh, like, another thing, too... There's, it's also been a long time since since Endor and since uh, Jakku. Um, yeah. One thing I'm curious about is... Okay, I also say one thing that I really loved, and this was perfect for Pelion. I think they nailed how his how he acted here. Um, mm -hmm. He, like, they were talking about, like, abandoning Thrawn, and he looked uncomfortable. Like, he was like, yeah. no. And that's kind of the question I have for you. Do you... Th I personally don't feel like any of them have made contact directly with Thrawn. Like, people were saying, I think Thrawn's in the room over one of their shoulders. Like, I disagree completely. No. Maybe Pelion has, but, like, I think Thrawn doesn't really know how to get back yet. Um, like, I think he's dealing with kind of the same issue that, like, the reverse issue of Ahsoka. Um, I think he's found a way to communicate. He's like, hey, boys, like, I'm on the way. Like, I called the Uber. Not here yet. Like, Wi-Fi's down. Um start pre-drinking but uh <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely think they're in contact because we know with the magistrate uh like he he's talking to people but he's definitely not like actively involved there yet yeah that's at least my opinion so i, I agree with you um joel also had a, had a had a good question too in the chat uh because there's a whole other issue of like who knows that Palpatine is back on Exegol and what is Project Necro? I think it was Necromancer. Um, I mean, Necromancer could be about like they talk about clones. Like Hux, the one he says Hux is the one who's obsessed with clones. Um, it seems like Gideon's off just fucking doing his own thing. Like he's clearly building an army that they're not even really super familiar with because um, yeah. he's kind of Loki lying about it too. Um, who knows that Palpatine is back on Exegol? I'm I'm guessing there's like a any, another faction of like his super Sith Eternal folks who are, um, you know the the, the like the they're like the the rider dies. Necromancy obviously means raising the dead, but that could mean yes, the literal dead no. of Palpatine or the figurative dead of the Imperial Army. Yeah. Like, they might be aware that they're trying to bring Palpatine back, but if they knew Palpatine was, like, Voldemorting it up in the Unknown Regions, they wouldn't be talking about how they might need to find new leadership other than Thrawn, because they exactly. know they have Palpatine yep. waiting to come in as soon as he, as soon as his life alert lets him. Yeah. But. Yeah. He's like, so, uh, he's like in the Namek saga when uh, Vegeta's, like, <laughs> in the, the healing chamber, just vibing. <laughs> Just give him some time. Yeah, just let him chill. <laughs> let him cook. But what do you think the uh, 
the chances are that some of those other unnamed warlords we saw in that room were left unnamed intentionally to pull in some uh, some Zinges or some Dallas. I think it's pretty high um, at this point. Uh, I mean, yeah, there were definitely some options. Um, I definitely thought Dala with that first woman. I thought that she would have been a decent Dala. Um, and there are plenty of robust men, and that's all I need for Zinj, really. Uh, yeah. There were no like handlebar mustaches, um, but there were plenty of. Uh, there was some facial hair. Uh, somebody, um, who was it? Oh uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I guess Evan sent me a tweet about how um, one of the actresses had white hair or two toned white and black hair. Um, when they were filming this and it was dyed for this. So I think we all know, uh, one director of Imperial intelligence who had white and black hair. Um, but is there anyone who had like two different color eyes? I feel like that could be used on a character yeah, to that, really show some kind of duality. Yeah. Duality. I don't know. Maybe different types of anger, maybe hot and cold anger. Um, but yeah, it just seems like something they should explore for a future star Wars novel or show. They can yeah. have that one for free. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, what do you, th so, these uh these troopers that that Gideon has um, clones are are they for sure clones? I don't think they're for sure clones, but I'm I'm thinking they're clones of like, him. Like partially of him, it seems like it's kind of what Pershing was talking about with the, the yeah. strain cast. Yeah, right. And they got inconsistent. I don't know if they got anywhere. <laughs> like we know that Gideon mentioned. Like Jedi, Mandalorians, and himself, I guess, is the three categories of mm -hmm. of Superman, yeah. which is a little conceited. Am I right? Did he say himself as the third one? No, he said Jedi, cloners, and okay, and yeah. Mandalorians. Yeah. You're right. Okay, so I'm. I apologize to Giancarlo. Yeah, uh, he Who had no mustache. Where was his mustache? I don't know. I so I'm watching Better Call Saul right now. I watched it all the way here. So seeing the First, no mustache felt natural to me, but I've never the, watched that show. Just the general Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul milieu that uh, that Gus Fring is in. It feels a lot like that, uh, the Warlord Council, mm. where he's off doing his thing, and then you got uh, the Salamancas that are like, "Hey, you, why are you? Why, what are you doing?" It it all ties together. It's, mm. So uh, what I'm saying is that Better Call Saul is in fact canon. Okay. Uh, someone says the New Republic confiscated his mustache. <laughs> um, okay, so let's... Uh, is there anything else about the Moffrance you want to cover, or should we move on? No, I think, like, that seems to be setting up mostly for... Well, Gideon's own stuff in The Mandalorian, but I, I think it is setting up more for the Ahsoka and Heir to the Empire movie, mm -hmm. in my opinion, at least. But maybe yeah. we'll see... Do you still think... Uh, we're going to get Thrawn next episode. I guess we'll finish on that. Hmm. I don't know. I guess let's just talk about next episode predictions just generally. Like, for one, the thing that I would bet money on, the obvious one, um, Chekhov's Mythosaur, where, yeah. like, someone's going to ride it. I'm guessing Bo is going to ride it and save Din Djarin. Um, yeah. that, that's my obvious prediction. I think it's very likely that we see um, Boba Fett as well. Um, I think, cause, and this is something else that I noticed, and I, I think you talked about it as well, 
There are a bunch of ships missing from the fleet by the time they arrive at Mandalore. Um, there are other Mandalorian factions out there. You, you've talked about Fen Rao, and that's a great call. Um, Boba Fett, uh, I'm guessing, may show up as well. Uh, and I think that'll kind of Sabine, be Sabine, allegedly. Yeah, so there's been a rumor as well that Mon Mothma will be in the finale. Uh, this was a very questionable rumor. Um, so I think it's possible that they also do call in... Um, What's the name? What's the name of the squadron again? The um, the one that we saw earlier with like Zeb. Oh, Caver is the Cavernaces? Or no, is that something else? I don't remember the squadron name. I just yeah. So I I think Carson it's Davis. yeah. Um, I I think it's possible we see them because I mean, that would also explain why they had him actually show up at um yeah. on their planet. Also, regarding yeah. Ray Sloan, I just wanted to mention too because I meant to say that I think that she was probably just busy. She's got other shit to do. Yeah, I, I feel like Hux is an intentional delegation of it. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's because they they just forgot." But you can't put Bendel Hux in, or they didn't know about her. You can't put Bendel Hux in if you don't know about Ray Sloan because they're from the same places, basically. So it has to be an intentional choice not to have her. For the that. only thing is about Hux is like. Sequel, like the average fan is there's much the connection more, to yeah. that yeah but i mean like on the production side yeah like i feel like it's not just because they don't know who ray sloan is if they know who ben dalhux is or right. if that option was given to them but adelphi rangers Brendel. yeah thanks Jen. <clears throat> but the uh there there has to be someone coming regardless of whether it's the Adelphi Rangers, the uh, the Boba Fett's, or Fen Rao with some kind of rebuilt Mandalorian protectors, because uh, most of the ones from Rebels are in fact executed. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's been years he could rebuild, like all the other Mandalorians do on a regular basis. Because uh, like Bogotan seemed terrified of the the fighters and bombers being sent out, yeah. so I think it's meant to imply that like if they get there, we're going to see some carnage, and then someone else comes in to save the day. I think that's the trope we're going for. But yeah, and it will be exciting. I think I think they have a yeah. really good chance to pull it off. Well, like I heard, I saw someone saying like because I mentioned that in a video and they're like, that's not possible. Tatooine's across the galaxy. I was just like, what the fuck are you trying <laughs> to say? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> my thing with the with Boba Fett, why I'm leaning less into like he's the biggest name. So I think like from an out of universe standpoint, it makes most sense for him to show up just because like mm -hmm. the connection between the shows. But the only one in their group that would really contact him would be Din. And I feel like we'd see Din doing that. It's a fair Whereas point. Whereas the dispatched uh, Gozantes and Gauntlets I would just be more likely to go. You did? Yeah. Okay. What, well, is, what does Din not have? Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, the dispatched Gauntlets and Gozantes would be more likely to go to other Mandalorians mm. that claim to be Mandalorians. You can go now. What does Din not have with him? Two things. Uh, the Darksaber. <laughs> no. His Starfighter and his droid. The droid can fly the Starfighter back to Tatooine. That, I mean, Luke did that with an astromech and Grogu. How... Yeah, I actually, that's what I, I just I just figured out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how the episode starts off with, like, a shot of the N1 flying down to Tatooine, landing, it's a what's-her-name in the thing. She's like, oh, where's my little boy? And then it's, like, it's, uh, it's, our, it's R5. And she's like, call Boba Fett. Mando's stuck in a well. And, like, 
basically like mm-hmm. that. I I, th- I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's a reasonable theory. I'd I'd co-sign that. Okay. I just yeah, because I got to tweet that R five was on Mandalore. Shit. Someone said he's on Mandalore. Okay, never mind. All right, well, damn. Go fuck yourself, Justin. He can leave. No one cares how long travel takes in Star Wars. Damn. I, th- I thought I thought I had an ironclad theory there. Oh well. At least he didn't make a clip before someone pointed that out to you with a thirty percent CTR. What do I it's care? Fine. I'm not allowed to make mistakes now. I'm just a man. <laughs> damn, he was in the scout party and everything. All right, well, get fucked. Well, yeah. Fuck me, I guess. So you have also <laughs> been uh, been letting everyone know about your fears that Mr. Din Djarin may not, in fact, survive. I'm a little worried about it. And I mean, like, from a business... Everyone talks about, you know, these are business properties. That's why Grogu is back in Mando. It sucks. I don't know. For one, I, I, I did get sucked into all of that likely fake stuff about... Um, what's his name? Um... Pedro Pascal being unhappy. I talked to somebody really in the know, and they're like, no, no, no. That was all about season one, like when he wasn't showing his face and before the show came out. Um, and all this stuff now is basically nonsense. And I, I do believe yeah. that, but I, I, I'm I'm a little worried. I don't know. I just... I I don't see it happening. I, I, I have two reasons I don't see it okay. happening. Hit me. Hit me. All right. Reason one. Okay. Grogu was originally not supposed to be back yet. That was clearly mm-hmm. a decision they made later on in the process of writing because they wanted the dynamic back. If they wanted the dynamic back, they would not have moved that up or in, with the intention of having him killed already, unless that changed after they decided to bring Grogu back mm-hmm. right away. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you never get that dynamic back because Din ends the season dead. Okay. That, that's Reason a really two, good... Is there, there, I think what they're setting up and uh, this isn't an original thought for me, I think a lot of people are assuming this, is that the way we get the traditional season-end Pedro Pascal face reveal is the helmet gets taken off him by force in front of the other Mandalorians. And I think you do that without killing him because that's how you set up the whole they'll need to make a choice on whether they accept that from him and he's still a Mandalorian, or if they go back to like, okay, you got to go down the street, dunk in the well, and then you can come back. Right. Yeah, I wish they would have done that with uh, Paz Vizsla, the Praetorian yeah. guards. That would have been tough. Yeah, I was I was hoping that would be the direction they go, but I can't remember when we were talking about our predictions for deaths. I think Paz you was like my, yeah. my third place, but I was less solid on it. My my like uh, half court shot was uh, was Bo-Katan, so I, I think don't Bo-Katan's think that's gonna, gonna survive. Happen, I I think she'll survive yeah. through next episode as well. I like yeah. I I don't think we're gonna get any major deaths if we don't get Din. I think Bo-Katan's gonna survive. Uh, I think Din probably survive. Um, they're not, they're not gonna kill Boba Fett if he shows up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think what they may have to do is abandon Mandalore though, or Mandalore gets somehow like if there's gonna be a death, I think it's gonna be of their you know hopes of getting shit going on Mandalore. So it's a philosophical death, not an actual death. Yeah. I mean, Paz Vizsla's death is, I think, the a big deal. But I gotta say, I, I underestimated how much people would care about that. Um, I really liked his death, too. Like, I saw a lot of people kind of angry that the, uh, the, the Praetorian Guards were involved. Which, like, 
I'm not don't really get that because like I get not liking the last Jedi, but the Praetorian Guards are sick. Like I don't like that movie very much, but I like the Praetorian Guards. Like they're really cool. They're like this mysterious hyper lethal like he, like he had just annihilated like 60 dudes and they come and just absolutely like they don't even get a scratch on them. They're like GG yeah. no re like he's out bleeding on the floor. Yeah, I'm glad we got a little bit of aggro out of him because I feel like having him be like fully accepting of the uh, of the other Mandalorians and not blowing up over the chess match would have been disrespectful mm -hmm. to what we know as his yeah. kind of asshole. He's, character. A, he's a freak. Yeah, he's but, a freak. But poor Ragnar has been just shit yeah. on all season because he's getting he's been nearly eaten twice, sort of eaten once, and now his dad's dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So maybe Mando will have does two Din kids. Adopt, yeah. or does like one of the one of the other Mandalorians adopt Ragnar as their own foundling now? Bo-Katan. She's already got a son. Corky is that? No, Corky's uh, Corky Satine's right. Yeah, who's no, her? Cor I don't. It's the weird. It's weird. Is I, it I don't Corky Satine's like son? I thought. No, because I think he calls both of them aunt. Oh. Doesn't he? Am I wrong? But on isn't that? the theory I might be that wrong Corky's? Obi-Wan's son, okay. I thought? Yeah, but there's also the theory that fucking Snoke is Obi-Wan, so what do you want from me? Or Kino Loy? Uh, Corky was Anyone is born into the Mandalorian political family of his aunt. Uh, no, so it is, so he, he's not her son. I guess the theory would be it's a lie and that he's actually her son. I guess that's the, I guess that would yeah. be the, the theory. Okay. Yeah, I, See, I, I never think... paid attention to the Mandalorian stuff from the Clone Wars, and it always comes back to fucking bite me. <laughs> I I don't know if they have like a, a third sister or a mm. brother or it's just like a cousin situation where it's like a second cousin and they mm. just say oh my aunt like cause right. I do that with like a lot of my parents friends so maybe it's that kind of situation where like Satine and Bo-Katan got drunk with Corky's yeah. actual parents like aunt, Uncle Charlie yeah like how I call Charlie uncle yeah okay yeah it, interesting uh I'm excited to see how that all shapes out. And I'm also excited to see what the state of the the Mandos, like, just as a whole is at the end of mm -hmm. this next episode. I don't think it's going to be well, all I peace. Like... I do think Bo-Katan is going to be the new Mandalore. Like, I think she's going to ride the Mythosaur with the Darksaber in her, in her hand and just fucking slash somebody out. But... Yeah, it's it's just so weird to me because, like... You get the talk from Din, and you get, like, all the setup they're doing in season one and two of, like, maybe the traditions aren't what matter. Maybe mm -hmm. it's more important that Din has this connection with, with Grogu. Uh, Din is talking about how, like, his people, other than apparently Paz Vizsla and all the former Death Watch people, so maybe Din just doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Mm -hmm. His people don't care about the Darksaber. It's just he's following her. Uh, but the show is also saying, like, but it's also important that you do have this and we're going to highlight that you have this. So I like I, I'm wondering if that is setting up for her mm. losing it in some kind of way. And then the Mandalorian they don't give like, a shit. Like maybe the Darksaber is destroyed. Yeah. That's a good idea. I would I would love that. The Darksaber gets yeah. destroyed and no one gives a shit. Yeah, yeah like, I like that it's, idea. You can't have your cake and eat it, too, with saying the, the traditions both were limiting to the Mandalorians, but are also how we're going to justify all the mm. stuff that's happening. That's a good idea. I actually really like that idea. Uh, it won't happen because they sell too many at Galaxy's Edge. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> do they? I, I buy one? They do sell them, yeah. They, they, they're, they're, I saw oh, them I when they were one. there. Yeah, they were like brand new. 
I don't know. Live action, dark, like real dark sabers, kind of look like shit because it's like, well, they don't look like shit, but it's an impossible, you know, weapon. Yeah. Um, I just want the hilt. I don't care about the blade. Okay, so let's talk about. Um, let's talk about the name. And I know you're kind of running low on time, so do, do you need to head out now, or do you want to? No, I'm good. I okay. can go for a little bit. Okay. Um, there's two things I want to talk about before we leave. For one, Dark Trooper stuff, and I think we'll come back to that. For two, the name of the episode is The Spies. Spies. Uh, yep. Now, I'm wondering, for one, is the sequence with the Imperial at the beginning as simple as, as we, we think? Could she be a double traitor? Um, and then the, the obvious question, who is the spy? There's like two really big names that I've seen thrown out. Axe Woves yep. and the Armorer. Sorry, um, can you say that again? Axe Woves. Actual will Yeah, in the armor. So what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so before we get into that, I do want to say I got some, or I got a comment, I forget who it was by, uh, that talked about, like, the potential for it to be a biblical reference with the spies referring to language used to refer to, like, Israelites seeing the the land. Uh, so it could Not be less, like, for that. spies as in uh, the the sleuths that we generally think of, or they're just the scouting party, and those are the spies, not as a, like, okay. Uh, okay. position or, like, treacherous kind of spy, but as a, like, they're getting to the promised land now. One thing so I'll it say... doesn't... Yes, okay. sorry, no, sorry, I continue. My bad. No, go, go for it. I'll just say, one thing I'll say is that usually when the <laughs> when the Mandalorian titles an episode like that, like the Duchess, like whatever, it's pretty self-evident mm -hmm. what it means by the end, so... Well, with this uh, with this season, a lot of them have been referring to multiple as well, mm -hmm. where like the foundling referred to like three different people in that episode. Mm -hmm. The minds of Mandalore was like they were the minds of Mandalore, but it was also Bo-Katan and Sewer Grievous saying the dark saber was mine. Mm -hmm. So it was a bunch of people saying mine on Mandalore. Yeah, but I don't know what that one, but continue. <laughs> look, I I, tr I tried to make it work, but. I don't know. The I guess the the two biggest theories are, or I guess the three biggest theories. We have the survivors who they found on Mandalore. You have Actuos and the armor. With the survivors, uh, <laughs> you don't need to say it that the, way, man. So the fact that Gideon didn't know that, like, he seemed genuinely surprised by the fact that the other Mandalorians were working together, I think is a point against both, against the armor being the spy, because Axe wouldn't necessarily have known that at the time. He wouldn't have known about mm. Navarro, and uh, the survivors wouldn't have either. The mm. armor would have, so if she was feeding him information, he'd know that. The other thing is he Good seemed boy. to not be surprised. I don't know how important this is. This might just be like them yada yadaing some stuff. He didn't seem surprised that Bo-Katan had the Darksaber and that Din didn't. So that'd be something that Axe knows, that the mm. armor knows, or the armor would know but wouldn't necessarily have had time to tell Gideon because they were all there. Just like she would have found out like right as they were leaving yeah. and that the survivors don't know anything about. So that'd be the point against them. But yeah, like the survivors, you'd think they could have come across the mines before. They've said they've never left. Like they still live there. Well, they knew where I think it was, that was more. But <clears throat> yeah, like I think they, but just they did say shows not. Left. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. So yeah, so I don't think that's like a smoking gun thing that they were definitely there before. But I think it's reasonable to to come to the conclusion potentially that they led them into that trap. 
is it they possible, also kind of died there. Is it possible that the uh, the agent at the beginning, I can't remember her name, is a is a double agent? Oh, yeah, Kane. Yeah, Kane. Could she like be a triple agent? Well, double. She's double crossing the empire. She's crossing the New Republic, double crossing the empire. I guess. Uh, I I don't know if they were going like the the three layers deep crossing. Well, there wouldn't I really think... be three layers. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Because yeah, I guess she betrayed, she did the, betray empire the empire to go to the New Republic. The time, yeah. They betrayed the New Republic to go to the Empire, but yeah. really, she's betraying the. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it's a little too cute for me. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, do you think Gideon's gonna die this next episode? Because like, he, there's it's been two finales that he's been busier, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I feel like maybe, but then I just wouldn't trust it if he did. Mm. But like, if they're setting up for like the Mandalorians having other challenges, then maybe. But it it just feels like it'd be hard to both resolve everything going on with Gideon, resolve some stuff with the New Republic, or at least use the New Republic to set some stuff up. Same with the Empire, and do all the Mandalorian stuff in one episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it it just. I don't know that it makes sense for him to die and just finish that all right now. I also don't think it really makes... I don't think it'd be satisfying for He's them to do villain. another ending where he just goes into hiding either. Yeah. So I hope it's not just like Moff Gideon's blasting off again to come back in season four. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be okay with it not fully resolving anything. Like, it doesn't tie up this story arc at the end of the season. It would We're be a little with a, with disappointing for him to die after only appearing in two episodes for the season as well. Yeah. Um yeah, okay. I think that's a good good call. Um yeah, so the the one issue that I or the one thing the one line that I didn't like and that I thought was annoying was the his bit about the the dark trooper. And I was watching with subtitles on uh, you probably were too. Did you notice when at first when he comes down he's they don't say Gideon talking, it's like dark trooper. Um yeah. So his, the whole thing that we learn in in the finale and this is a a stupid small complaint, but like the whole thing we learn in the finale of season two is that the dark trooper design initially used a soldier in it. Um, and that was the weak point. So they moved to droids. And then now it's like, nah, dog, we were just joking. Cause he's like, well, yeah, go ahead. I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's an inconsistency. I think that's the point is that Gideon is a, like a egotistical piece mm-hmm. of shit. And that's going to turn out to be part of his. Undoing, so you don't think this is going to be dark trooper model four. I don't think we're going to get too much. Like, I think we're kind of seeing the there's I think it's going to be better than the pure mech ones, but just as like an advancement of the technology in general. But I I do think like mm-hmm. it's not going to be that I don't Gideon know. has stumbled on this. We only really saw. Here he's... Yeah, sorry. Like we only saw two people kill one of those other ones. They're pretty badass. Yeah. But like, do you think we're going to get more than just Gideon in the near future in them? It seems like he's changed his approach to building those super commandos instead. Um, yeah. I gotta say, I, I do like the fact, because I was like, initially when I was like, he's on Mandalore, like, that's kind of dumb. But the idea that he's on there, that also helps explain why the planet's in better condition than everyone was lying about, than everyone thought. Um, I, I like that he's there for a reason. He's mining the shit out of the planet for Beskar. I thought that made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I also really liked the look of the base. It was very like Dark Forces like, where it's like uh, underground, yeah. big cracks. You know, I hope we see. I'm I'm really excited for the space battle next episode too because the ship stuff looks so good. 
Yeah, the fleets look fantastic, but yeah. I think it's also a good a good sign for Din that this is so Dark Forces, mm. in that he's going like raw mock mode with the Dark Trooper. Yeah, totally. Because you could cheese the shit out of that fight, <laughs> easy boss fight ever. What? Get him in the elevator? Isn't that the? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you like get him stuck in an elevator or something? I think is the yeah. strategy. Yeah. And then you're just done. Yeah. If they if they work that in, like, I can't wait till Bo gets a, or till uh, he gets a flechette launcher. Which kind of yeah. reminded me, uh, I was thinking this when they were taking his, because they, they disarm him and they're like just ripping shit off his suit. He's like, no, that was, that was for me to pee in. But um, <laughs> I don't think he's used those whistling, boor, whistling birds at all this season, has he? Nope, not yet. Yeah. Kind of. Which you, you'd think that would have been a good opportunity for him to do it there, but. Yeah, yeah. Instead he was like courting two people and. Yeah. Oh, well. Um. Also, I, I get why they didn't try to jump in and save him. They literally had him as a fucking hostage. They would have just shot him in the head. Yeah. Like, that was... I saw that complaint a lot. Like, why didn't... Grogu... I wish they would have had more of Grogu's reaction. Like, him just, like, just freaking out. Like, force screaming or something. No, 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 yeah. Yeah. no. <laughs> that would have been awesome. But, like, you can't go in because they're just going to shoot him in the head. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I did see people saying, like, oh, well, why didn't Bo-Katan just cut through the other door? It's like, well, it took, well, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, she's not good at this yet. Plus, they were trying to shoot through it. Like, I, I, yeah, it, it would have taken a long time. Yeah. Well, anything else uh, you want to talk about Well, I'm still here before uh, the solo portion? I think no, I don't. I've got my general thoughts out. I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, overall, great episode. Uh Really excited. What's, here, here's one final question. What's your time prediction for the finale? How long? I'm saying 45 minutes. 70 minutes. 70 minutes. I That'd be awesome. Uh, a man's got a dream. Also, um, do you think we're seeing the New Republic? Yes or no? Yeah, there, there's going to be something New Republic related. Will they be at the, at the battle? Uh, I think the Adelphi Rangers are... A reasonable possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd put them above fifty percent odds on showing up. Okay, but they got that Y wing model made. I don't think it's an accident. An E wing could show up before uh, Sabine's butt. Off the off the close of the stream. <laughs> just just. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's gonna play really well on the audio portion. Yeah, I was but, pointing uh, like a nerd. Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm planning to do a live reaction to the, to the show again. Yeah, Are you too. once bitten, twice shot? Okay, you're going to go yeah. for it again? Yeah. So maybe we'll start a little bit early and do some some predictions, and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll both have some, some final thoughts as we go into the last portion of the episode. We'll be back next Thursday to do a full recap as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to do it for me. If you're on my side of the stream, you want to go over to I've X channel. I've only got channel, about 10 minutes, going? but uh, okay. yeah. Yeah, thanks for watching and thanks for listening everyone on TapCaf Transmissions, the audio portion. Thanks for listening. See you next time.